Welcome to Chapels from Rosedale Bible College. Thanks for joining our community for weekly chapels recorded on our campus in Rosedale, Ohio. We hope you are challenged and inspired by what you hear. Enjoy. Good morning to all of you. And uh, I think I probably should just apologize to the uh, intro to counseling class. I feel sort of bad talking again after having uh, talked quite a bit in the last class session. But at any rate, we'll try to push on. I've uh, accepted the assignment this morning that's part of what you've been talking about, which comes from James, the third chapter, and it's about wisdom. I generally like to take a scripture to receive an assignment and then talk about it, dig into it a bit. Um, This one is a little different. It's so abstract. Wisdom, um, you know, we say, well, well, of course, we all want to be wise. We want to, we want to follow God and that sort of thing. But how can this be so abstract when James is such a practical writer? James is a practical book. He's not one to be sort of impressed with lots of intellectual, academic arguments about things. Rather, James sort of frequently throws down the gauntlet. Now, just curious, does anybody know what that, that idiom, that word picture, throwing down the gauntlet, what does that mean? It's to, yeah, it's to give a challenge. And interestingly enough, I always like, I always like to know where imagery comes from. And throwing down the gauntlet comes from the medieval period of knighthood. And a knight, if he was sort of having some conflict with another knight, he would take off his armored glove. It was metal to protect his hand. And he would take off his gauntlet and throw it down on the ground. And that was a challenge to the other knight to do battle. And so if the other knight was willing, he would come over and pick up the gauntlet, and that was a signal that he was accepting the challenge, and that they were gonna, they were gonna duel it out together and see who would, who would win. So now how does this relate to James? Well, in James 3, starting in verse 13, we're gonna take 13 to the end of the chapter, James says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, all right? If we're wise and understand God's ways. And wouldn't we all say, that's my goal. I want to be wise. I want to understand God's ways. And then James immediately throws down a challenge. And here's what it is. Prove it. Prove it. <laughs> and how do we prove wisdom? How do we prove that we understand God's ways? Well, he lays down two different kinds of wisdom. He outlines them. And the first one, he talks about human wisdom, earthly wisdom. And the main characteristics of human wisdom that he identifies here are jealousy and selfish ambition. Jealousy and selfish ambition. Now, it's not too hard to see lots of examples 
of human wisdom operating in our world. When I think about the political reality, the political scene in our country, it, is, it just seems to be a wonderful example of uh, what human wisdom looks like and the result, which James says, uh, it's, if you have human wisdom operating, there's going to be disorder and evil of every kind. So I look at our political system and I say, what's happening here? Are people trying to really exercise wisdom in the way that we'll see in the wisdom from above? Is it pure? Is it peace-loving? Is it gentle? And the answer is obviously no. Everything that seems to be happening in the political world is all about selfish ambition. Block this party so that we can do this. Now block them so that we can do this. And it's just back and forth and just constant fighting, bickering. Nobody seems to want to come together and find wisdom and find solutions to problems. You know, I'll just, I'll risk being, using one example, but I look at our current context and I hear the reports on unemployed rates and job openings. And I think yesterday I heard that there were twice as many job openings as there are people on unemployment rolls. And I'm thinking, wouldn't this be an ideal opportunity to take some small step in relation to immigration? We've had this issue with dreamers, people who were brought here as very young children, and they're not legal citizens, but they really don't have another country because they've lived here all their lives. They've been educated here. They're part of us. And yet, we can't seem to do anything to address that problem because we're so caught up in fighting. But it seems to me that it would be an obvious time for two sides, one side that says, you know, we really ought to be stimulating our economy about, you know, having people fully at work and really encouraging that sort of thing. And the other side, who's trying to get some sort of legal path for citizenship and all that, it would seem like it might be a good time to say, we need more people. Well, let's make these people at least, let's make them official citizens. But that doesn't seem to be possible. So whatever you think about that, uh, hear me just as saying that politically we are really divided and a lot of selfish ambition involved. Well, let's take a look quickly at what does the wisdom from above look like? How does James, how does he describe that? And if we are going to prove it that we have wisdom from above, what will it look like? says, first of all, it's pure. Pure as in contrast to being mixed. We have pure motivation, purity of seeking God. Now, again, I think all of us might recognize that we don't get it all the time. Sometimes our lives get messed up with human wisdom that has a lot of selfishness involved. It's peace-loving versus being self-centered. It's gentle versus being harsh or sarcastic or mocking. 
It's willing to yield to others. Peace, being loving peace, often means that we have, we have to give something to achieve a peaceful relationship with someone else. We have to find some middle ground somewhere. We have to give up maybe some ideal that we're holding on to and say, I don't have to have everything fit my ideal of perfection. Full of mercy. Mercy versus condemning others. Mercy versus holding on to a superior attitude. I'm better than you kind of attitude. But being gracious and full of mercy to people that disappoint us or people that we think are just plain wrong. How do we exercise that wisdom from above? Full of good deeds. Good deeds, giving versus hoarding versus protecting myself. These kinds of characteristics of wisdom, again, they, they can feel so abstract and yet, there's also just a really foundational practicality about it all. He says this, this kind of wisdom from above doesn't play favorites. Now, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I've taught in different settings. I taught in middle school and high school for quite a few years. And, um, what I've come to believe is that students have favorites when it comes to teachers, and teachers have favorites when it comes to students. So how do we understand that? Well, the way I understand that is that's reality, but there's a difference between having a favorite and playing favorites or showing favoritism in a setting like that. As parents, it doesn't take us too long to find out that we even have children that we, at some human level, like better than another. Some of our children, their personalities blend with our own in easier ways. Well, that may be reality, but we still are called to recognize that playing favorites, the way uh, some of the Old Testament families like uh, Jacob's sons, Playing favorites is not a wise thing at, in any way. The last one he says is about divine wisdom is that wisdom from above is always sincere. I love words and I like to look at the root meanings of words. But has anybody, any of you been taking uh, biblical interpretation, studying Greek? Does anybody know what the New Testament word sincere, and it really comes sort of straight from that, from the Greek. Does anybody know what it meant in its roots? Sincere. Basically means the roots meant without wax. Now you say, what? Without wax? Well, when I was, uh, some years ago, I got into a hobby of, of pottery, and I remember making a little 
uh, a little vase, and it was beautiful. The, the glaze came out wonderfully. Beautiful blue color. And sadly, there was a tiny little crack at the top. Just a very small, fine line. And I had read about this word sincere and how old, back in the good old days of New Testament times, potters who had little cracks in a piece of pottery would take wax and rub it into those little cracks. So I thought, well, this would be fun to play with. I took a blue crayon, and I got my, this, little, this little vase, and I just rubbed the blue crayon into that crack. And it looked really good. But you know what would happen if that vase, or if it were a mug, if I'd put coffee into it and stick it in the microwave? You know what would happen? The wax, the crayon would run down the side, and the crack would still be there. So wisdom from above is sincere. James says earlier in the passage, he says, if there's selfish ambition, if there's this jealousy going on, don't try to cover up the truth. Don't pretend. So part of divine wisdom is being honest about our own imperfections, having the humility to recognize that I don't always measure up. Well, what would be some of the best ways to pursue wisdom? When I was in my late teens, I heard a Bible teacher talk about the Proverbs of the Day plan. Pro the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is all about wisdom. And that book has 31 chapters. You may have heard of the Proverbs 31 woman. That's the last chapter of the book of Proverbs. So the idea was every day I can just take the date. Today is February 2nd. And so today, for this challenge, it would be, I'm going to read one chapter of Proverbs each day. And I did that for quite some time as a young person. And in fact, I had over in, in my uh, apartment, I have the center of the New English Bible that completely fell apart later. But I have the book of Proverbs, and I saved that part because I had underlined and marked in different ways this, the wisdom that connected with me. And I think often we're, we're drawn to things that address our weaknesses. And so when I go back and look at that section of Proverbs, a lot of the verses that I have underlined have to do with speech, how we talk, because I got into lots of problems sometimes by the way I spoke. And I'm still, naturally, I'm a reactive person, and I blurt things out before I've had time to process them and think about them. And I still say hurtful things sometimes because of that. But I'm also grateful for the many, many proverbs that have become part of me and helped me to both see my weakness and then to try to work with it. So today, Proverbs, the second chapter, is all about wisdom. So if you want to go back and read James 3, that passage on wisdom, and then go to Proverbs 2 and look at this one. 
Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. This is something that, you know, wisdom is not something to just sort of take casually and say, oh yeah, I think I'd like to be a wise person. No, if you really want to have the wisdom from above, it's going to mean giving some attention to it. And he goes on and on to spell out some of the practical ways from the, for the Lord grants wisdom. The wisdom from above, it doesn't come from inside us. It doesn't spring from in here. It's from God. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He guards the path of the just, protects those who are faithful to him. And it goes on and on. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to close with a little song. I'm curious, did any of you grow up with a little kid's musical called Ants Hillvania? Did anybody ever hear of that one? Ants Hillvania. Well, this, was a, this is a, a kid's musical written by a couple people that I highly respect, Jimmy and Carol Owens, who also wrote a Christmas musical called The Glory of Christmas. And I think they do a wonderful job of putting uh, scripture into uh, music that we can really enjoy. So let's listen to this. It's fairly short, and it'll probably sound a little strange to you. Go ahead, Matt. You don't have to be a great intellectual to understand the wisdom from above. It doesn't take a genius to see that it's effectual, because all it really is is always thinking about the other fella, not just looking out for number one. On rainy days, is sharing your umbrella or making room for others in your place in the sun. No, you don't have to be a great intellectual to understand the wisdom from above. It doesn't take a genius to see that it's effectual, cause all it really is is treating folks with kind consideration. It's thinking pure and speaking what is true. Showing patience when you're facing tribulation. It's treating others just the way you wish they treat you. It's never being jealous, never greedy. It's making peace instead of fighting too. And if you start to do it, yes, indeedy, you'll find that other folks will start to do it too. No, you don't have to be a great intellectual to understand the wisdom from above. It doesn't take a genius to see that it's effectual, cause all it really is. All right. James is one to throw down a gauntlet. He says many times, don't just say you have faith. Prove it by what you do. Don't just think you're wise. Prove it. And today, I'd like to just leave the imagery with you. James is throwing down the gauntlet. 
and we each get to decide, are we going to pick it up? Are we going to accept the challenge and seek wisdom throughout our lives, lifetimes? Bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share so others can benefit from it as well. And be sure to check out our other podcasts at rosedale.edu slash podcasts.